The Whole Health Cure with Dr. Sharon Berquist, the podcast that brings you inspiration and skills for living a healthy and fulfilled life. Welcome back, everyone. Um, today we have with us Dr. Laurie Marvis. Thank you for having me. Um, and Dr. Marvis is a board-certified family physician. Um, she is also the managing editor for a new medical journal that's being launched hopefully in the fall called the International Journal of Disease Reversal and Prevention. Um, the editor-in-chief of the journal is the past president of the American College of Cardiology, Dr. Kim Williams. So this will be a fabulous, wonderful um, journal. Um, she also has her own podcast and website called How to Health, um, which you can find on YouTube. YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, um, and uh, she also does Doctor in Demand, where she can work with people on lifestyle medicine using a whole food plant-based diet, and she is licensed to do this in 11 states, so she is easy to reach out to. So thank you, Dr. Marbus. Let me start by asking you, your path to really a whole food plant-based diet, because you're really board certified in family medicine. So how did that path go from family practice to what you're doing now? Um, that was a really interesting one. So I was in Western Colorado in a little town called Rifle. So you can imagine the constituents <laughs> there were, well, they used rifles and, you know, there's a lot of ranches and farming and a hunting culture. So it's, it's very kind of West Texas, if you think. Um, so, you know, a lot of blue collar workers, hard workers, amazing people, um, you know, I call it salt of the earth. And um, so I had a young woman come in to see me who was morbidly obese. Um, she was young, but she had a host of issues and kind of your typical family medicine, internal medicine, you know, client or patient. And she happened to mention to me, she goes, you know, Dr. Marvis, meat and dairy upset my stomach. And I don't know what to do about it. I said, well, stop eating it. <laughs> and I was like, intuitively understood that that meant that she would be okay. She would have other foods, but it didn't really just dawn on me that that left her one class of foods and that was plants. And I don't know why it didn't. It just, it just, it just didn't ring in my ear. I mean, it just, it just didn't, the, the light bulb didn't go off. And but what, what happened was 30 days later, I had notated in my, notes, you know, you're always talking in your notes about what they're doing, what your plan is. And, you know, our idea was just to introduce foods back and kind of see if a introductory type diet. So well, what is the food that's going to be the most bothersome? And we can talk about that. So that was the plan. Well, the plan had a, had, there was a different plan apparently that we didn't know about what was going to happen, literally changed my life forever. And so the patient came back, but she brought her 16 year old daughter with her. And you have to understand in this town of about 12,000 people, um, we have a Walmart and there was another grocery store, like a city market or a Kroger type uh, grocery store. There were no restaurants that would offer plant-based meals. So she had to go buy food and then prepare it at home. So this wasn't processed junk food. She was eating whole foods. And so she came back with her daughter. And the reason she brought her daughter was because her her daughter had decided to do the diet with her mom just in a supportive measure. And during that 30 days, she pulled herself off two attention deficit disorder medications. And she felt amazing. And she had been on those meds for a couple of years. And she couldn't understand why this happened. So her mom brought the daughter and said, you tell her what happened. And she told me, and she goes, why was she able to do that? Not 
in an angry tone, but almost like a frustrated tone. Like, well, why weren't we told this before? Like, what is going on? You, you doctors are supposed to be able to share this information. I didn't start these meds for the daughter, but she was still, you know, it was the medical establishment. Why didn't you have these answers? What's going on? And she goes, why was she able to do that? I said, I don't know, but that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. I said, we must investigate. I said, what were you eating? So I spent the next half hour running late in clinic going, you know, drooling her on what she was eating and what she did. And basically it was plants. So she ate fruits and vegetables and whole grains and beans and nuts and seeds. I said, you ate plants. That's all you did. <laughs> so she goes, Elian, that's what you told me to do. I was like, I guess I did. And so what happened was I went home and I Googled. Well, I didn't even think I went home. I literally right finished that appointment. And first thing that came up was the China study by Dr. T. Colin Campbell. So this was um, over six years ago at this point and early 2012. And um, there wasn't a whole lot as far as, you know, as for physicians on teaching you how to pursue a plant-based diet and bringing it into your clinic. But Anyway, I ordered the uh, China study. I read that entire book, and if anyone's read it, it's quite a lengthy book and thick, but I was so, like, I'm just flabbergasted, one, and I had an excellent education, don't get me wrong, I, I had a wonderful education, but they didn't it teach me about nutrition and chronic disease. Here I thought I was following the guidelines, and I was, you know, keeping up to date and reading all these articles and this new drug and that and what I should do for these numbers. And I was like, I'm doing it, but my patients weren't getting well. They were being managed, but they weren't being well. They were, their sickness was being managed, but they weren't thriving. I wasn't reversing or halting this chronic process. And what I just witnessed was the power of nutrition. And when I read the China study and realized that this information had been available for decades, I was a little bit, you know, upset and then guilty because <laughs> I didn't know. And then I was like, well, now what are you going to do about it? And so I was like, well, hmm. <laughs> so I had three teenagers at home at that time and my poor husband, God bless his soul. And um, I was like, well, before I, you know, challenge myself to do this, I needed to test it on one more patient. So I had a lupus patient came in a couple weeks later, right, the lupus patient, of one of the most difficult diseases to manage in general, much less, you know, you're, you're looking to inform someone, hey, I'm going to have you change your diet, and all I know is two weeks worth, and, <laughs> but this amazing patient was such a blessing, she's like, you know, she came in, she had a host of issues, she was on 12 medications, 50 pounds overweight, chronic pain, and um, she was my, you know, I have horrible migraines, I don't know if I can keep working young, in her early 40s, and She'd been diagnosed a couple of years later and had um, lupus nephritis, so the lupus had affected her kidneys. And um, I said, you know, I don't have any other drugs to put in your arsenal, but I do have this one thing that just happened. I said, <laughs> I said, would you mind being my guinea pig? And I said that actually because I literally that's what she was going to be. I said, I don't know if this will work for you, but what I've read and everything, it seems like it might. Can you eat just plants? <laughs> And she looked at me and I pretty sure thought she, I thought I was like, goodness, she's either going to call the state board or something and say this doctor's crazy or she's going to do it. And she's like, you know, what? I'll try anything. I was like, thank you. <laughs> and so what happened was I said, before you leave though, we have to measure your CRP. So that's an inflammatory marker in the blood. And so hers was three times the high normal on high doses of prednisone on methotrexate, which is a, you know, older form of chemo drugs. And very often used for um, 
debilitating autoimmune diseases. And so what happened was she came back two weeks later because I said, you can't wait 30 days. I had, you have to come back like in 14 days. Cause like, I just really can't wait that long. And she's like, okay. So she came back eight pounds later, migraines are better. And her, um, CRP had dropped it just outside normal in two weeks. I was like, I'm done. And so I went home <laughs> my poor kids and I literally threw down my purse. I said, this is it. We're going on a plant-based diet. And they're like, okay, mom's gone off the loony bin again. It's not uncommon for me to do these things, but they were like, you know, it'll last a few weeks. She'll get off her, her weird, whatever. Well, that was six years ago. But what happened was, um, I came home. I literally threw everything in the garbage I had in the house that was eggs and cheese and turkey bacon and skin milk and out the door it went. And then I was like, Oh my goodness, <laughs> what am I going to feed my family? So I literally stayed up to one in the morning trying to figure out, well, how do I cook? Is, you know, I have basic skills, but I was no chef. <laughs> and so what happened was, um, I also had a quarter of a grass fed beef in my garage. Cause you know, grass fed, I thought I was doing the right thing. Um, I was like, what am I going to do? I can't give this to someone. I feel like I'm going to kill them, right? <laughs> I was like $400 or two plus. I grew up in a home that didn't have a lot of money growing up. So we grew a lot of our own food. So I was really fortunate from that standpoint. But it's like, I'm not going to waste it. I guess I'm going to have to give it to the animal shelter or something. Or I don't know, feed some wolves or something. So I was like, what do I do? And uh, what was funny though was two days later, we had gone somewhere and we returned. And the freezer in the garage broke. And so what happened was, if you can imagine a carcass, a quarter of a grass-fed cow, the frosting and there's blood and oh. fell <laughs> running down the garage. And my husband's like, if you weren't with me, I'd have sworn that you unplugged it. I was like, I didn't unplug it. He goes, well, I guess God's telling us something. I said, you're darn right. He's telling us something. Because <laughs> I think what would have happened, the children, the mom, we have this in here. We should just use it up. Come on, mom. You know, and over time. I think that probably would have been easy to walk away, even though I had such an amazing, those two patient experiences, human nature will fall back to what's your norm, what you're comfortable with, right? That's, and I'm, I'm certainly just like anyone else. I'm certainly able to, for that to happen, but it didn't. And God's like, Nope, you're going to keep on trucking down this plant-based path. And so what happened was my husband lost 65 pounds and my allergies which I had suffered for 30 years on three different meds magically disappeared in three months. And, um, I've been hypothyroid since the birth of my second child. So he's 22 now. Um, and at the, uh, during his pregnancy, um, when I was pregnant with him, I was actually diagnosed with Hashimoto's and he was born hypothyroid. Um, two weeks later, his repeat tests were negative. He ended up suffering though, um, pretty severe, um, uh, learning disability. And, um, he's, conquered it and doing fabulous he's doing great in school he's an amazing kid um i should say young man excuse me and um what's incredible though was so i've been on these escalating doses over 15 years at that point he was about 15 when we switched over to the diet and um my dosage kept dropping for four years and you know i'm still on meds but it's at a much lower dose so i'm no longer trying to kill my thyroid um and that's been 22 years um so that is how I traveled down the plant-based diet. And then I started using it with patients and saw reversals of type 2 diabetes and insulin being stopped in three days and RA disappearing and people losing, 
you know, 50 pounds, 60 pounds, 70 pounds, um, chest pain going away. Um, just incredible things. I'm like, this is way more fun than prescribing pills. It's highly addictive. I call it veggie crack because it is, it is. If I tell you to eat veggies and then you do better, it's like serious high for me. So it's a little bit of a selfish endeavor, but I do really enjoy seeing patients thrive, but I love being part of it. It's just so fun. What a great story. And <laughs> I, I have to say that I've seen similar, just dramatic results. And it's amazing. There's really nothing more powerful in medicine or anything that we can do for people that can match what they can do for themselves, which is pretty remarkable. And it's, it's just fun to be part of that journey. But though it's really cool is to see where people see hope, right? So we're just so used to living a life of illness. That's the norm. We're, we're like, why, you know, here I am, I'll be 48 this year. And people are like, well, you know, how do you have energy and what do you do? I was like, I eat plants. This is really simple. The food is delicious. They don't understand you can live a life without, you know, discomfort and chronic disease. It's a choice. Um, it's such a powerful thing and such a simple novel concept that, wow, you mean man-made food and drugs aren't the answer? No. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you say it's simple because the concept is simple, but implementing it into your life is actually very challenging because there aren't ready-made options. Like there's a lot of made-from-scratch work. Mm -hmm. so, so how do you get your patients to go from where they're at to this really mm -hmm. conversion into a whole food plant-based diet? See, this is where, so I have an MBA as well. So I, I went through medical school and did an MBA. So I really enjoyed learning about marketing. and But that's a lot of social behavior study, right? You're learning, well, what do marketers do? How can they sell me this junk? Well, why can't I just sell them good foods? So what happened was, you know, it's, it's a matter of being, um, I think, a, a passionate advocate. When they see how excited I get, about their potential future, they kind of get hooked. I mean, I get really excited because I start thinking, it's just a little bit of ADD. It's all good. <laughs> and so I was like, well, what do you want to do? Like, what would be the one thing if you weren't hindered by your diabetes and your peripheral neuropathy, if you weren't hindered by the extra 200 pounds that you're walking around, if you weren't hindered by the fatigue, what would you do? Some want to be able to fly to Norway to see family without having to buy two seats. Someone else wants to hike up a mountain and someone else wants to, you know, do whatever, sit on the, the sidelines and watch their kid play baseball without having, you know, to worry about a variety of different things. You know, they can sit there comfortably and not have to be aching for a week afterwards. You know, there's lots of different things. I'm just pulling stuff out of my hat, but that is really cool because then what I do is I sell them on that future. Okay. So I tell them, it's just, this is like a, it's just, it's a degree turn, right? So you have, this is your arrow. You can go this way where you're headed. We know where that trajectory is going. We have lots of patients that continue down that path and have diabetes and die early and have, you know, peripheral neuropathy and renal failure and die, you know, amputations and all the things that come with that early heart attack stroke, or we can tick it just a little bit and you have a completely different trajectory, right? So what happens is you poof like this, the arc is bigger as time goes on, the differences in your future and it's simply by changing what you're eating. So once you get them hooked with the idea of a different future, 
the steps are simple, right? So what happened? Well, it wasn't like that in the beginning. It took me about a year of working with patients and understanding what failed because <laughs> I failed miserably. Trust me, I'm really good at failure. But the idea was having the patients walk that with me and owning the failure together and coming up with ideas and I would start writing it down. So I ended up with a 30 page handout that what happened was the moment when I got really comfortable with it, I would look through my 22 patients of the day and go, yep, there's a diabetic. Ooh, look at that one. That one has COPD. Ooh, look at that one. RA. All right. So I print out my little 30 page handout. I killed a few trees in the name of humanity. But what happened was I would mark them. I'd print them and say, okay, this is for this person. This is for that person. I already knew these patients. I already started to strategize my marketing technique of selling them this plant-based diet. And they didn't have any idea what was coming. You know, they came in for a UTI. They left thinking, I'm going to eat kale for tomorrow's lunch. <laughs> and it worked really well because, you know what, I made them come back. I said, and you're going to come back in two weeks. If you don't, I'm going to have my medical assistant call you. And I would, I've even made pinky promises with people. Dude, I am, there's nothing below me. I will make it work. You know what's really interesting is that there's a culture that you kind of have to turn around, and that culture is so dramatically in the camp that the norm is disease, medication, et cetera, and that what you are offering is the radical approach, whereas there's nothing more natural in a lot of the things that we really do to people are probably far more radical, but we've accepted them as a culture. You know, I guess the, the question or the challenge is, how do we make this the norm? You make it the norm by reminding them what the norm really is, right? So, yeah. you know, the norm is, I, I was born well, why shouldn't I stay well until, you know, we're meant to live a long life and die quickly. We're not meant to live a well life to a certain point to middle age and then live a really sick life that's, you know, in the nursing home slobbering on ourselves because we had a stroke or have a dementia. And so you don't see that in nat in the natural world. You know, animals aren't pulling up to the pharmacy and filling their your monthly scripts for their hypertension. And there's no animals in nature that are obese except for the poor animals that we feed, like our cats and our dogs, right? So and the farmed ones. Right. And then the farmed ones, exactly. And I said, you know, and then you and I remind them, it's like this the natural thing is actually wellness and thriving and not having dementia when half of Americans, if you hit 85, have dementia. That is not normal. So <clears throat> when they realize that and they're like, oh yeah. And then I remind them that we're not cows and we don't need to drink cow's milk to thrive. I said, you've been sold a bill of goods. And so, you know, you're, you, you choose with your dollar and you choose your health with what's on the end of your fork. So, I mean, I'm, you know, I've even had patients, it's really funny because then you start getting into conspiracy theories and stuff and aren't you afraid someone's going to come after you? It's like, what, for speaking the truth? All right. All right, I guess so. <laughs> so, but, you know, I, of course I'm not afraid to speak the truth. And I've had colleagues, you know, argue with me and I was like, well, show me the science. It shows that anything other than a plant-based diet will reverse heart disease. Reverse it. Show me. I dare you to go find it. They can't. They just can't. Yeah, it, it's 
It's very interesting because I think there is a culture within medicine to, to question the power of nutrition, mm-hmm. not only not teach it, as you mentioned, but to even question it. Um, and, and of course, there's tremendous science um, supporting everything that you're saying. And we both have, of course, very firsthand experience with the dramatic changes that it can do. So that, that's mm-hmm. just fabulous. Mm-hmm. Now, for people who are trying to keep a plant-based diet very satisfying um, and keeping it really interesting, you know, because I think sometimes you get in a rut, you run out of ideas. You have your, you know, maybe dozen recipes mm-hmm. <laughs> and your go-tos. And then, um, like you said, there's such a temptation to kind of start cheating a little bit, if you will, and go back to some of your old ways with you know, some of the foods you used to eat before. Mm-hmm. Are there tools, are there references, resources, are there, you know, ways that you found to, to keep the ideas fresh, keep um, the food delicious and satisfying? I think we're all going to be creatures of habit, like you said. So you're going to have your revolving menu. You know, I grew up in New Mexico, so Mexican food is one of my favorites. So um, one is don't be afraid to go out to eat, but don't be afraid to ask them to manipulate the meal so it's healthy. Um, so then you can try new flavors. I had never tried Ethiopian food until I went to a plant-based diet. I never really truly understood the value of curries and everything like that in Indian food until I went to a plant-based diet. I certainly never had tried all these different flavors or even dared to make anything like I have in the kitchen since going to a plant-based diet. So, and then it's okay if you don't, if you want to keep it simple. Some people are very satisfied with simple foods. It's cheap. I mean, we went to a plant-based diet. I had two of my teenagers were boys. My goodness. I saved $400 a month, literally the first month. And I was like, this is like getting a raise. This is this is great. I don't have to work harder, you know, maybe a little bit more in the kitchen. But we were always, I always raised my kids. Listen, I'm not a short order cook. You'll either eat what I make or you'll be hungry in the morning. You'll eat thin. I mean, this is really simple. And guess what? They're not picky and they're all plant-based and they're doing fabulous. And what was incredible though was getting the family involved and getting their ideas too, right? So it's not just you. If you have family or friends, you know, don't be afraid to explore the flavors, but then Google something. If you, you know, what do you have a hankering for? Something crunchy? And I always, you have to use the word vegan most of the time, but you can try plant-based. But it's like healthy vegan, I don't know, anything that sounds good, breakfast ideas or lunch ideas or traveling ideas. Um, there's a great website called lighter.world that I really enjoy. Um, they have some great, I, you know, they not only have great recipes, but they've taken some amazing photos. So the food looks great. Um, but yeah, you know, you just can't be afraid to try new flavors. Um, you know, like today I, you can buy pre-made stuff. So I had bought, um, it has cabbage in it and kale and of different types of cabbage and it's pre-made pre-cut. And so then I just throw in berries and throw in some carrots and a little pecan and a little fat free, you know, poppy seed dressing. And I was with some little bit of pumpkin seeds. I'm good to go for a big lunch. You know, that's very satisfying. Um, you know, I've taken my enchiladas recipes and my tamales and all those things I grew up with and convert them to plant-based and they're just as delicious, if not even more so. so. You, you mentioned now your kids are plant-based. Mm-hmm. So getting kids to eat healthy, mm-hmm. um, that poses its own challenge for parents mm-hmm. that are struggling to right. get their kids to 
eat healthy, not even necessarily all plant-based, but just healthy, what advice would you give? Oh, yes. So that, so I took a cue from marketers, right? So on my website, howtohealth.org, there is a free download, 57 ways to get your kids to eat more vegetables. Okay. So first of all, you have to be a parent. All right. Parents, you can't be afraid to parent. Number one, I have three amazing adult children because you can't be afraid to discipline. You love them. Okay. But that includes with the food. You can't be, if they whine, they're going to whine. Children whine. This is what they do. That's why they're here. Okay. So we're the adults. So we need to adult. And so what we need to do is put healthy food in front of them. It takes about 15 to 18 times of tasting on the palate. Licks count. I don't care. If they lick it, fine. So you have something in their plate. You can, one of those items that they will eat that they enjoy, but have them, they have to try something else new beforehand. If they choose to sit there and not eat, I promise they won't die overnight. They will eat in the morning. Okay. So, but you have to say, this is what you're eating. That's one thing. The other thing is take them with you to the grocery store. Have them pick out some strange fruit they've never seen. I don't know, dragon fruit, star fruit, lots of different things. Something sweet on the palate, right? So then they get the idea of like, this is kind of fun. Let's try that again. Let's make smoothies. You know, cut the, cut the little... Um, foods up into small little animals, whatever. I will tell you this, mine were teenagers when we at home. If I had not laid that foundation of you'll eat what I cook, we would have had more troubles um, with lots of different things. Um, but because of that, what we did was like, when we go out, you guys can have what you want. Um, but over the course of the year or so, what I started noticing was, huh, they're not ordering the chicken, they're ordering the tofu as their protein, whatever, you know, so it's like, and you just kind of keep quiet, you accept it. But I also educated them. They watch forks over knives like five times. They watched all these different things. They heard me lecture. They, I said, watch this Dr. Gregor video. I was like, they're athletes. I'm finding the best athletes. I'm going to put in front of them the evidence, the environmental aspects. So you can't give up. You just have to find what's their interest, put that in front of them, how this will help them. You're going to be faster, smarter, whatever. Um, acne hmm, magically disappears when you go on a plant-based diet. You talk to any teenage girl, I guarantee you that'll be a, a motivator. So there's lots of ways. You just have to think, but you have to hold your own and say, there will be no junk food. This house is our safe spot. I'm here to raise healthy children. And this is part of it. It's not fun sometimes, but then a lot of times it is. So I think that's great advice, especially since their childhood obesity is becoming an increasing problem across the absolutely. country. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I mean, I, I just, I don't beat around the bush. I don't have time. Life is too short and precious to, you know, feed my kid a Twinkie. And then, then before you know it, you know, there was a commercial, I can't remember what it was. It was some YouTube video where they showed in reverse, right? So they had a young man probably in his mid thirties that was having a heart attack, morbidly obese. And then they went backwards in time. And what it was, was they were showing him in, um, in college eating pizza and stuff. And then they went home to high school and they were feeding food and parties and pizza and ice cream and, you know, hamburgers going through the drive through. And then the next thing was, you know, it kept going down, 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 down to it started with um, his mom in, he, the little one was in a high chair and she was giving him like popsicles or french fries or something. He goes, but that's all he'll eat. Well, that's because you gave it to him. He's in a high chair, <laughs> you know, but it's an evolution. You are responsible for your children. 
Yes. And it's okay. Yeah. You're going to feel guilty. We don't do anything. None of us do things right, but you know, but that's the, you know, the right thing to do. It's sometimes the hardest thing to do is the right thing, but you still have to do it. Your kids' lives depend on it because that future, right? Their epigenetics, the genetics are turning them on is going to dictate how they treat their children and how they're going to feed that next generation. I mean, we are to a point now in the U S we don't even have enough of healthy recruits to, you know, for our national defenses. This is a really serious situation when a third of Americans are pre-diabetic or diabetic and we still have a hunger issue in the United States. This is ridiculous. We, we should have this down, but, um, you know, I'm conservative as they come. I totally get corporate needs and bottom lines, but at the same time, there's got to be some social factors in there. So social responsibility, but that's a whole nother topic. <laughs> yeah, but I but I think just like you said, even getting your kids just as involved in the shopping and the prep mm-hmm. makes yeah. all the difference because I've got three little ones and um, they are mini chefs, um, but it's really <laughs> fun to, to get the family involved. Right. And um, when you work with your patients with, say, Doctor On Demand, yeah, what or how do you structure or do you provide structure for people? Do you just provide um, just some broad goals or, or how do you work with people to make sure that they stay successful? So the nice thing about that is it's um, one, I'm in the 11 states that I'm so far licensed and I've got two that are pending. Um, you know, it's from California and Washington and Texas, Kentucky, Arkansas, Georgia, Florida, oh my goodness, North Carolina, Ohio, New York, lots of different states. Um, the cool thing is people can do it from their own, the comfort of their own home. Um, they can set the appointment up at any point or they can just call in um, and see whomever, but if they, else, they can actually set appointments up. And what we do is we structure it just like a wooden clinic. So it's a video conferencing. I can order labs. I can order medications. Um, I can give them resources, so I will send them, you know, to watch Forks Over Knives or to nutritionfacts.org and make it really relevant to that person's issues. Um, You know, for one, I'm working with one that had some ADD issues and she's having tremendous improvement in focus Um, or someone else has gout and you work with them and saying, let's talk about how the animal proteins worsen you know, the uric acid level and that's why you're having that. Um, So it's just some really interesting things. It's been a fascinating experience doing that on telemedicine. It's just the nice thing is I can see them and it's a, it's an enjoyable experience. It's been really good. That's fabulous. And um, so we're, we're almost out of time, but I want to just ask, is there any advice you want to share with people because this is dramatic and this is life changing. Is there any mm-hmm. advice you want to share with people? I do. And I think one is don't be afraid. Um, you know, fear is literally, it's, a, it's, it's harmless unless you allow it to run your life. So don't be afraid to look at something new. And you can't fail at this. Okay, that's the other thing. Um, is every journey the same? Absolutely not. And do you have to do it perfectly from day one? Absolutely not. So you should have seen the first meals that I was making. It was, you know, thumbs down. My kids enjoyed telling me how I was a horrible cook. I was like, well, yeah, so eat it anyway. <laughs> um, but you know, that the, the fun thing is the journey of learning and the journey of possibilities of being healthy and living along and a life that's full of thriving, right? And so that is why I tell you, so find the hope, what it is that your, your future that you want to anchor to and use it to pull you through even the tough times, the cravings, the different things. But just 
know that your journey is special to you and it's nothing to be afraid of. Start with breakfast. If that's the one thing, start with um, breakfast for a week. And then the next week you do breakfast and lunch. The following week you do breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, there is no right or wrong way to do this. If you need to do just one day a week, that's fine. Just get more plants on your plate. I think that's great. So some anything is better than nothing, really. Right, right, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, and I think we all have a tendency to, to strive for that perfection, but that's really right. great advice. Right, absolutely. Well, great. Well, thank you, Dr. Marbus. Really appreciate you joining us. Um, again, Dr. Marbus, her website is howtohealth.org. She's got tons of great resources, um, and you can certainly reach out to her and, um, and maybe, um, if interested, join her on Dr. On Demand. That'd be in great. Georgia. Thank you. That's, that's our state. <laughs> Excellent. I am in Georgia. Thank you so much. <laughs> The Whole Health Cure is brought to you by the Lifestyle Medicine and Wellness Center at Emory. For more information about wellness assessments, classes, and other resources, please visit our website. This material is copyrighted by Emory University.